Well, it's always great to welcome MSU alumnus Marlon Lynch back to the MSU Today microphones. And Marlon is Michigan State University's Vice President and Chief Safety Officer. We're primarily going to talk about Marlon and his team's work expanding MSU's safety and security network to make sure our campus is a safe place for all Spartans, students, staff, faculty, and visitors alike. Vice President Lynch, welcome back. Thanks, Russ. It's always a pleasure. Uh, we appreciate the partnership. Just uh, before we get into some specifics, again, as as you personally heal from February 13th, just what what is your thought process these days? Yeah, you're right. It is a, it's an overall healing process, right, for all involved, uh, the MSU community, those who serve in our capacity as well, and, and it's a partnership with our students, faculty, and staff, just the community as a whole. You know, um, a tragic incident like that does not happen and immediately go away, right? For us, it's, uh, yes, it happened, but we're a resilient community. And so what do we do next, right? How do we move on? Not ignore it, you know, recognize that it has happened, address the concerns immediately directly related to it, um, provide and receive input from our community on how we move forward and how those services are not um, intrusive. But we know that there's a need uh, for more, and, and that's what we're doing. Well, let's talk about some of the safety and security measures you're implementing and enhancing. And I think it's worth pointing out this isn't something you reacted to on February 13th. I remember we spoke last fall. You were already getting the command center organized. But why don't we start with MSU alerts? What's happening with that? Sure. No, very, very good point. Um, the process of centralizing security systems creating additional layers of security, both with staff as well as technology, um, has been underway for about a year and a half with that. And um, unfortunately, um, time, right? And so we're stepping through that. But yes, things were in the works. And what we've done is we've accelerated uh, some of those initiatives. and, And part of that is with how we inform our community regarding alerts. So our MSU alerting Um, system. It is a system. It's not reliant upon one particular thing. It's a collection of modalities, everything from text messages, phone calls at at your desk or on your personal cell phone, to the implementation of the Safe MSU app, getting push notifications directly to it, as well as a partnership with uh, with Ingham County Emergency Management and partnering with us for um, the wireless, excuse me, wireless emergency alert process, um, similar to the Amber Alert. Uh, specifically with with that, as well as Safe MSU, um, it does require those smartphone users to activate their notification systems to receive those messages. And specifically for the university's alert process through um, smartphone, things like that, is to sign up and register your, your cell phone number as well. So also an integration for external components. So if you're outside, an audible component. Uh, we have an initiative that we're working on now to utilize outdoor speakers. And, and we're going to go to a tone process. And so we'll have to educate our community on what that tone is. Very similar to the monthly tornado sirens that we hear. It won't be a siren. It'll be a distinct difference between that. But it all goes back to when you hear that tone and you receive a message is to go seek more information. Something is occurring that you need to be aware of to go 
to a website or go to a source on your smartphone to receive additional information. And then we will continuously push out. So it's an integrated alert, not just relying upon one. We'll have some visuals as well with monitors around campus and and different things like that. So. And you can get safe, the Safe MSU app anywhere you get your apps. And uh, I think alerts.msu.edu is a place to also sign up how you'd like to receive those. So, And another hot topic, the door lock installations. That's a big project. How is that going? Yes, that that's a, a partnership with our, our campus partners, our infrastructure planning and facilities department and installing locks on doors. Uh, they are about 60% complete with that project. Uh, the installations will uh, will stop for a moment with the start of fall, as you can imagine. Uh, the buildings will be occupied with that, and so pick back up during a break, and the goal would be to finish those, the remainder over the academic year with that. But that's a significant component with that, and, and it's a, a process, those locks, uh, in partnership with our campus partners, Office of the Provost, as well as um, RCPD in regards to making sure that those that may need assistance are aware of what the lock is and how it's operational, um, all of that. So that's that's something that has been ongoing, and we're about 60, maybe a little bit over 60% completed with that. And that initiative will also um, be in place in Grand Rapids and in our Flint campuses as well. That's right, MSU's entire footprint. And Marlon, what about the third-party after-action review? How How is that going? Yes, those uh, that firm has been engaged with the university since probably late March, early April time frame. Uh, they came on site, did a site visit, started conducting lots and lots of interviews with that. We are anticipating uh, that that would be complete. Uh, we're looking at probably next month in September with that. Um, there will be uh, additional components soon to follow with that. But that has been a very thorough process uh, with a very reputable um, security firm or campus public safety experience specifically with that. And we made everyone available for them, and they had full access to everything. So uh, looking forward to that report. And they'll come back with... Review and some recommendations, I would assume. Right? That is correct. Yeah. That's part of what what that will be, and so the university and uh, the board would decide on on how we move forward. Right. Well, we can talk again when those uh, results come out, Marlon. And again, I mentioned way back last fall we started talking about the security operations center. How is that evolving? It is. It's it's evolving um, quite well. Um, it rested heavily upon uh, completing the RFP process that began last October. Um, that concluded this past spring. And so we now have a new video management platform as well as a new access control, electronic access control platform. Now, we just can't simply start with that one, remove the old one. There's a transition component with over 500 buildings and everything else and the installations that accompany it. It's in phases. And so we will run both systems parallel. And so it will be a transition to do that. However, that ha that is, it's ongoing. It's in place uh, at the moment. That transition has begun. Specifically with the Security Operations Center, uh, we've hired uh, over half the staff. Uh, they have their in-training as well as operating, learning how to operate those new systems. Uh, the physical space itself um, is being constructed. There will be in a temporary location until the actual security operations center is physically completed, which we're anticipating 
probably maybe late fall semester, early spring semester with that. However, it doesn't prevent them from learning how to utilize the systems in there in the training environment with that. And so um, the hiring has been going well with that. It will be staffed uh, 24-7, 365 days will be a key component to the monitoring of all of our security systems, um, as well as the, uh, the opportunity and responsibility to participate in that messaging process that we just discussed um, as well. So uh, coming together. I imagine that'll be a high tech. We'll have to take a look at that when it's ready. I imagine that'll be quite the command center. And Say a little bit more about the things it will allow you to do that maybe aren't we can't now or is a little more difficult now. Yeah, um, well. You've touched yeah, on it. Yeah, but. Well, well, some of it is right now, well, it's it's sort of the culmination of the centralization component. Okay. Right now there are s- several video <laughs> management systems on campus. Um, this will give us, it will be able to integrate the existing ones, and then we can standardize going to one primary but having the ability to integrate the systems is very important. That allows it to come back to the security operations center and it can be uh, monitored. The video can be monitored real time with that. So this is in partnership with the expansion of adding additional uh, cameras on campus so that it gives more visibility. It can assist uh, responding police officers in regards to what they are responding to. It also gives us, um, an investigative tool yeah. for follow-up later. It's continuously recording with that. Um, so also with the ability with that security operations center would be able to, um, anything we want to secure, specific buildings on campus, they will have the ability through the electronic access platform uh, to lock a facility when needed. Yeah. And Vice President Lynch, my university communications colleagues, and I were really took advantage of an active violence training from camp to Dan Munford recently was very Great. valuable. Talk about how we're really rolling out active violence training for the entire community. Yeah, so that training that uh, you recently participated in has been available for years with that. It has been on a voluntary basis and um, provided upon request. Um, that type of training will remain and continue. What is being added is a learning module that will rest on the university's website and the learning module component be accessible to all MSU uh, students, faculty, and staff at any time to take that training uh, online with that. Uh, What is also uh, underway is an active violent intruder video that is being filmed on campus in our environment uh, with, um, that'll be available again online and available to those uh, who want it. Uh, Being cognizant of the impact of seeing uh, videos like that that are uh, could you know potentially trigger members of our community who still have um, some effects uh, of the tragic incident of uh, February 13th. Um, it is a strongly recommended training course with that, but available to everyone uh, within the MSU community. So, Marlon, just summarize sort of where we are with safety and security, what's ahead, and what do you want us to keep in mind as the semester begins? Well, with that is um, we know that the presence of our, our police officers is that's, that's the backbone, backbone of it, and that's where we begin with that. Uh, so Chief Rosman has been working with, with, uh, with his staff in regards to what that looks like, uh, being present but not necessarily um, overbearing with it. 
the implementation of this technology, the security technology itself is a force multiplier. It allows us to see this span, you know, this huge campus that we have that it, it will provide a additional opportunities to see what's going on, both visually through cameras, but then also electronically through security systems, and then respond accordingly with the tools that are necessary for both the immediate response, but the investigative component, and an opportunity to be proactive as well. Yeah. So Marlon, before I let you go, uh, MSU will begin selling alcohol in the stadium, uh, all our stadiums, I guess, at certain ones. Uh, this coming athletic season. I know it's not technically in your purview, but you did testify before the House. Just what are your thoughts on us doing that now? Sure. Um, it was a discussion that I had with our peers within the Big Ten Conference. Um, we are one of a few that currently do not uh, have alcohol sales in those venues. And so since they've been through it, having the discussions, what were some of the challenges and things of that nature? Uh, what was consistent was the fact that they did not see an increase in alcohol-related incidents at the stadium. Um, so for us, we, all, we have um, a response plan for alcohol-related incidents anyway within our event action plans. And so there was not a need to, you know, to create something new. We have that already. What it is for us, it becomes more of an awareness in the stadium itself. Um, we aware of the sales, the, uh, the concessions that are being sold. There's a certification process that all of the staff have to go to for that. Um, we know through the um, uh, Michigan Liquor, Liquor Commission that, again, the certifications and the expectations for that, there may be additional protocols that we may be called upon to enforce if needed. Uh, but from our perspective, um, our alcohol-related incident uh, response plan is already included, and it's more awareness. We have the ability to increase uh, a police and security presence in the stadium when needed, just based on the amount that we have on game day. Um, and the same for uh, all the other events, for all the other venues, uh, the Breslin Center for Basketball, Monice Arena, uh, wherever else and, and that we would need uh, to be present for that. Well, Marlon, thank you again for this update on safety and security measures at MSU and, and for your work in, in trying to keep us all safe. It's great to have you on again. Well, thanks, Russ, again. We definitely appreciate your partnership. That's Marlon Lynch. He's MSU's Vice President and Chief Safety Officer. And again, encourage you to download the Safe MSU app and go to alerts.msu.edu to register on how you want to receive this important information. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.